This episode of Uncontrolled Airspace is a little bit different. In the weeks leading up to AirVenture Oshkosh 2015, we recorded a bunch of segments which, for a variety of reasons, never made it into the podcast feed. Rather than try and package them up into one big episode, we'll be presenting them in shorter 15 to 30 minute episodes. Bite-sized. Here's the first installment, episode 387 Alpha. Back in late July, we talked about the tragic mid-air between an F-16 and a civilian Cessna 150. This conversation took place just days after the incident. So, Hey, this last story on our list today, um, this, is a, this is an extremely troubling story. I, I've been thinking about this story as I drove across the eastern half of the U.S. and occasionally hearing reports on the news. And So th- as we were recording, this happened two days ago, apparently, on a... Uh, a uh, military, obviously military F-16 fighter jet and a Cessna 150 uh, collided in a midair um, between 2,000 and 3,000 feet above the ground in South Carolina. Uh, the, uh, the 150 was destroyed um, and fell to the ground over a wide area in many pieces. The uh, fighter plane, um, the pilot uh, ejected successfully and uh, and got down to the ground safely and was uh, was hospitalized just for precautions apparently um, the uh, the Cessna came down in so many pieces over across such a wide area that they couldn't actually find the remains of both people who were on board initially uh, they found one yeah. of the one of them initially and then I believe it was this morning they found the other um, it was a father and son the son was taking dad for a flight they were apparently flying out to the coast for a I don't know what, and uh, they're going they're a beach trip, day trip to uh, yeah. Myrtle Beach, as I understand. Um, and uh, they uh, they were both killed, obviously, maybe not obviously, but they were both killed. Um, and that's pretty much as much as I know at this point. Uh, have either of you heard any more information about this yet? Well, no, I... there's one more piece that I have heard, and this is the part that is perhaps most troubling to me. Um, and um, not all the stories are reporting this, and the ones that are are just putting it into one little tiny graph. But they are referring to the, possi- the fact, the possibility, that the F-16 was doing instrument approach practice in the aircraft, and he was alone in the aircraft. I don't know whether an F-16 <clears throat> has one or two seats, but he was solo. The normal F-16 is a single-seater. Yeah. yeah. He was solo doing... Do you you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I know. I I do happen to know a little bit about this because all of this, uh, everything you just said, piqued my interest, and I started to pick pick some. uh, uh, Started to pick this apart. Yeah, please tell us what you know that you can tell us. First of all, this was an F-16C, which is the basic uh, operational fighter bomber version of the F-16. There is a two-seat F-16D Delta. Uh, used for instruction, but that's not what this was. This was a single-seat fighter. Um, second thing is, I, the, the the phraseology being used is very vague. Um, and, and, of course, we're talking about the general media, so I don't know, you know, from a 747 from a Piper Cub. So it's not at all clear what they mean <clears throat> by instrument training. Thirdly, uh, and this is where it gets very, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, there is a military training route that runs just to the east of the airport from which the Cessna 150 departed. Mm-hmm. It's an instrument training route, an IR. 
Okay. Yeah. And it is um, pretty much aligned with the area in which the uh, wreckage came down. So it's not at all unreasonable un, uh, to me to see, A, that the F-16 was on that IR, and B, they call that instrument training, and C, it, that's where it collided with the Cessna 150. Are there any restrictions from other VFR aircraft being along that area? How do you mean? I, I just I'm, is this airspace restricted in any way? Can I or no? Or? It's, this is this is classy airspace. Right. The the uh, airport at Monk's Corner, South Carolina, from which the C the C one hundred and fifty departed, is uh, a non towered facility. It's all classy airspace. Uh, all of this is just north of uh, Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Um, the uh, route in question, IR eighteen. By virtue of being an IR, uh, the floor of it is uh, 1,500 feet AGL. So um, from 1,500 AGL up to um, um, 10,000 or even, I guess, above, depending on, <clears throat> depending on the dimensions of the, um, of the um, uh, MTR, military training route, um, it's easily conceivable that than an F-16, and another thing going on, well, it's easily conceivable that an F-16 uh, could be blowing through there at 300 plus knots, maybe even 400 knots, um, a couple of thousand feet off the ground. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other thing going on here too is, and I've not seen a thing about this, it would be unusual, mm -hmm. not unheard of, but unusual for an F-16 uh, to be using that route as a training route uh, uh, only one aircraft at a time. Usually they fly in pairs. There's oh. been no mention whatsoever of a second second F-16 involved, yeah. or second F-16 in the same zip code. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but all of this is turned over to the NTSB, um, Shaw well, Air Force Base Public Affairs. Shaw Air Force Base is where the uh, the F-16 was based. Their public affairs shop is is basically referring all inquiries to the NTSB. So will the NTSB, because the NTSB doesn't necessarily investigate military crashes, right? They don't necessarily, but they are in this case because it involved a civilian okay. aircraft. In your, in your exploration, have you found any information about the actual weather conditions at the time? Were they flying in VMC? There was, there, there was, it was VMC. There was an overcast. Okay. Uh, but the visibility, and I don't understand, I, I can pull it up. I just have to research that part. There was a there was an overcast. Both aircraft apparently were underneath the overcast, where visibility was good. Okay. Um, and have you it, seen any information that indicates the direction of flight of these two aircraft? The only information I can give you is um, circumstantial. Yeah. One, the instrument route in question, um, again IR eighteen, and you can look this up on a sectional or or low altitude in route chart. <laughs> Um, proceeds from the south to the north. It takes a dog leg um, uh, east, northeast of Monk's Corner, South Carolina, um, and then proceeds back to the northwest, but it generally runs from the south to the north. Okay. Okay. Um, point one. Point two is the information available right now, subject to change as, as the investigation continues, is that the Cessna 150 was on a day trip to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which would be to the northeast of Monk's Corner. 
So it's easy to see that the Cessna 150 departed and was headed northeast. And it's easy to see that the um, F-16, which that route, that's, that, seg- that route segment in through there is probably oriented about a 040-045. It's easy to see that the F-16 came up from behind the 150. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we don't know, but it seems like that's we almost a certainty given that there's no way the 150 was going to catch the, the F-16. I mean, Cessna 150s do not run down F-16s. Right, exactly. So I don't know. I, I want to wait until we learn yeah. more about what really yeah. happened here. But well, I, I have to tell you that it's just, it has conjured up a, a, a horrifying image in my mind of what happened there in the sky. Yeah. Um, the fact that this airplane came down in so many pieces over such a wide area from only 2,500 feet off the ground. Well, we don't know the altitude. The, the couple of stories reference the fact that they were flying between 2,000 and 3,000 feet. That's, that's what I know, the stories. So the fact that it came down in so many pieces across such a wide area, again, speculating, horrifying nightmare kind of things that, that this F-16 just blew through this little airplane. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, if there's any, I don't know, I just, it disturbs me. This whole story yeah. disturbs no, I, me. I, I, I totally get that. You know, it's and it partly reason. disturbs me because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Cessna 150 guy. I mean, you know, this could have been me, you know. I mean, you know, in some ways, my fantasy land, my fantasy life here. And, uh, well, and been a, I was just going to say, if there's any, if there's any, I don't know what the right word is, consolation or whatever here, it's that these these uh, Cessna pilots probably had no idea what happened. They, they, it they, just, they just, they didn't see it coming, and it happened so fast they didn't know anything, and it was over. Yeah, um, they exactly. didn't suffer. They didn't get scared. They didn't, you yeah. know, I don't know, but I hope that's what happened. Yeah. I guess. But. I, I, I presume, and I think everyone else kind of sort of presumes that's what happened. Also, back in. I don't remember exactly when. I want to say the 70s or 80s. Um, there, there was a mid-air collision off the coast of North Carolina. Um, um, a baron had departed the Bahamas and was flying uh, basically direct to the Wilmington, North Carolina area. Um, Part 91 operation uh, had a family in it, uh, leaving the Bahamas, going back to the mainland. And... Um, for some reason, the flight plan didn't get into the right hopper. Um, this was back in the bad old days of the Cold War, where anything that moved that, that, that didn't have an end number on it got tracked and intercepted and all this kind of thing. Well, naturally, the Air Force launched two F-4s. They were operating F-4s back then and um, to intercept this aircraft. And... Uh, um, one of them had a miscalibrated radar and ended up flying through the Baron. Mm, ouch. Uh, and was, re- was success- successfully recovered. It, it made it back to its base. And where, whereupon, you know, they had to do some body work. Um, but they also discovered in the process that the radar was way out of calibration. As it happened, the um, controllers had just... W- received confirmation of what aircraft they were intercepting and that it was legit and yada, 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 but were unable to communicate that to the flight of F-4s in time. Yeah, yeah, so. And as I say, this goes back a long, long way. Um, 
it, it, one of the reasons I know so much about this particular uh, event last this week in, in South Carolina is uh, I wrote up a little article for um, um, GA News and uh, Ben Sclair on this, on the topic of MTRs generally, um, not on this specific uh, um, mid-air collision. Um, and the thing that really jumped out at me is um, I, I totally get the need for there to be high-speed military operations relatively close to the ground. Um, I don't totally get the need for them to be over um, populated areas like this. this. This instrument route, this MTR, runs within two or three miles of the airport at Monk's Corner. Mm -hmm. And depending, MTRs are a variable width. Uh, they can be up to... Uh, 16 nautical miles total width, eight, eight nautical miles either side of the center line. And it's easy to see where and how um, you could get with a VR, which goes lower, possibly down to 100 feet AGL, you could get aircraft at doing 400 knots blowing through a VFR traffic pattern somewhere if these MTRs are placed so close to civilian airports. And there, there, there's a lot going on with this one. I don't think we've heard the last of it. Oh, I don't think so either. Answer, just uh, teach, uh, refresh my memory or teach me one thing about um, IFR training. Um, as I understand it, um, and let, let's put military aside for here for a second, civilian um, IFR training. Mm -hmm. When you are practicing instrument procedures in VMC, the aircraft is still responsible to see and avoid, Correct. That's correct, and, and and thus the the usual almost well the, the requirement I guess of a safety pilot of a second pilot mm -hmm. who is actually looking outside while the mm -hmm. training pilot is you know under a hood or got their head down or whatever okay. some some sort of view limiting device. right yeah yes. okay is the military also required to have that kind of I, they all I do see and avoid when they're doing I, I don't I don't know I cannot imagine that. This guy, the the the, the F sixteen uh, pilot, was um, operating without using seeing a void. Um, I can't imagine he was using a hood or any other kind of viewing view limiting device. Here's the here's the the real answer to your question. It's called an instrument route because of the altitudes involved. A visual route, a visual uh, MTR, as opposed to an instrument MTR. Visual MTRs are designated such so that the crews flying those routes in the military aircraft can get low. And by virtue, by, by definition almost, they have to be able to see the ground. Okay, That's why it's called a visual route. Mm -hmm. The instrument route is called that because it can be done in instrument conditions, um, but mainly because of the altitudes involved, i.e. at 1500 AGL or greater. Um, we don't, there's a lot we don't know about this. Were any of these aircraft talking to ATC? Was the uh, F-16 or the Cessna 150 squawking appropriately? Um, I, let me tell you what I've read. Um, 
I've read on some of these stories that the F-16 was in contact with ATC. I saw that someplace. And there was another report that the it, it made reference to the fact that the F-16 has a black box and go figure the 150 does not. All right. But it did say that both of them had working transponders. Yeah. And they expected yeah. to recover that data. Um, yeah. So continue. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. The, the, the F-16, I think, kind of sort of by definition, is is the superior has the superior sensor platform okay yeah it's got airborne radar it's got um uh yada 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 on it i don't no one really knows except the operators really what it does have um they're supposed to be squawking a specific code for triple zero to that tells atc that they're a military flight they're on an mtr and they're exceeding the, the 250 below 10,000 feet uh, rule. They're, they're allowed to do that on these MTRs. Um, so if he wasn't squawking for triple zero, you know, that'll, that'll come to light. Um, the, the Cessna 150, um, presumably it had a transponder. Presumably the transponder was working. Um, presumably, uh, it was at an altitude high enough that local radar, which in this case, I guess would be Charleston approach, uh, would have seen it. Why, uh, ATC did not see the conflict and notify the F-16. I, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. Yeah. No one knows at this point. Right. Uh, but, but this brings but, up a good good point about these military training routes. Yeah, David, go ahead. Well, over in southeast Wichita, we have McConnell Air Force Base. Southwest of Wichita, not too many miles into Oklahoma, we have Vance Air Force Base. Both of them have, well, Vance is a training base. And we have a lot of high-speed traffic that routes through this area because they'll come up and practice instrument approaches at uh, Eisenhower Airport or Jabara or McConnell in these uh, Jayhawk trainers from uh, their, their beach jets, basically. Right. Uh, we have at just about every airport I've ever visited in this area maps that show the high-speed routes, the training routes that Vance uses, the ones that McConnell uses for their tanker practice. Uh, big warning signs about watching out if you're crossing these routes. When training is going on, and they even go so far as to say it, training is going on here pretty much five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, they're not kidding. Yeah. And, and I've met some pilots around here and particularly transient pilots who live in parts of the country where the nearest military base is going to be something they see in a movie, uh, who look at that and, and don't really seem to get it, that this is their big notification. If they're going southwest out of here, say toward uh, uh, Albuquerque, uh, uh, the Texas panhandle, uh, you're going to cross some of those military training routes out of Vance. And as Jeb just noticed, they very often go far faster than the 250 knot limit below 10,000 feet. It is a good idea. 
whether you're transient or whether you're resident, to pay really strong attention to those military training routes because we don't know what happened here, but it was tailor-made for the little airplane to yeah. get hit by the big one if he didn't know to try to avoid that route during that time of day or maybe just be on the right advisory frequency. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I don't know that there is a right advisory frequency in this kind of a situation, but um, the point you make is, is 110% correct. Another point I'd, I'd make is, is, again, in researching this piece I did for Ben, um, there's a, a website called seenavoid.org. It's jointly uh, funded and assembled by the FAA and the Air National Guard. And you can go to it and, you know, manipulate the controls, as it were, and you can bring up a map of MTRs over the lower 48. And that's a little sobering um, to, to, to do that and see where all these routes are and, and think of how many, how many of those have I crossed over the years mm -hmm. and not thinking anything about it. Um, Sometimes I'll do it, you know, sometimes, of course, I'll be talking to ATC, but sometimes I'll turn off the radio and just be bouncing along fat, dumb, and happy. Uh, uh, and who knows? Uh, let's all be careful out there. Yeah, really. And we'll obviously learn more about this, uh, this F-16-150 thing, but, uh, but what an what a incredible tragedy on all sorts yeah. of different levels. We here in Uncontrolled Airspace are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. There are two simple ways that you can contribute to this podcast. You can make a one-time, non-repeating donation using PayPal. It doesn't need to be very much. As little as 10 or $15 is a big, big help. Or you can make an automatically repeating, per-episode pledge with Patreon. With the online service Patreon.com, you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, put limits on your per-month contribution, and change or cancel your pledge at any time. For more information on how you can support the podcast in one of these ways, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. That'll take you to a page with details on both of these support methods. Thank you. You just heard our conversation from late July 2015. We returned to the subject of this tragic midair six weeks later after OSH 15 in early August. I was looking through my, uh, I get uh, the, uh, the General Aviation News' uh, uh, daily uh, news, news summary. Um, they, they send a little email, nice little email every day, every day that tells me about what's uh, in the news and what's being published on their site and in their newspaper. And uh, I, I, I was glancing at it, I don't know if it was this morning's or yesterday's, but I was glancing at it. And, and one of the story titles, the headlines caught my attention. It, was, it said, Fast Moving Dragons. And I thought, well, that's an interesting sounding headline. <laughs> what is Fast Moving Dragons all about, you know? And so I click the link and I go down and I look at the story. And son of a gun, who the heck has the, is the writer of Fast Moving Dragons and none other than our own Jeb Burnside? How about that? Yeah. So we knew, uh, you, that, we knew that you were doing some writing for Ben over there at, uh, at General Aviation. News. Right, and I don't think this is the first thing, but this is a it was a very interesting story. This is a, your your a sort of wrap up, if you will, of what we currently know about the F sixteen well, that collided with the F one with the F one fifty the uh, the uh, F sixteen the F sixteen that collided with the Cessna one fifty right. uh, the the C one the Cessna one six that collided with the F one fifty yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so uh, two two or three things real quick we talked about this in our last regular episode before uh, Oshkosh. Yes. 
and uh, this was it was really soon after the event. Yeah, it was like the same day or the next day or something. Yeah, it like could that. have yeah. been. Yeah, and there was no NTSB preliminary report on it or anything like that. Um, and a lot of um, well, the, the speculation that an MTR was involved apparently has been uh, disproved in the NTSB prelim. Uh, the the official word is the F sixteen MTR military training route. Thank you. Uh, the official word from the NTSB prelim is that the F sixteen was executing a practice TACAN approach to the Charleston Air Force Base. Um, we can have another podcast to talk about um, single pilot pra- uh, practice simulated IFR approaches uh, in an F-16. Um, that having been said, all the stuff about MTRs holds true, though. Um, point two is I didn't write that head. I have to give credit to, I think it was either, it was either Ben or Janice Wood, the, uh-huh. the, the editor on this piece, who came up with, I, I came up with Fast Movers. And I came up with the Here Be Dragons, but I didn't put the two together. So, ah, okay. All uh, right. Uh, that credit goes to the editor, and I presume that was Janice. Well, it caught my attention and, yeah. uh, and, uh, and then led me to read the story, which was a very interesting analysis of the, of the area and the roots and the, the, the type of aviation that's happening down in that area. Yeah, the punchline is we often forget about military training routes, MTRs. And uh, I certainly got a memory jogger out of looking at some of this material. Uh, and I won't forget it. Um, there's there's a lot going on here. Could have been a lot more going on here. Um, you know, just keep in mind that we lost an airplane and, and two occupants. But uh, um, it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I know. Uh, when I now and so I originally put this story on the list a couple weeks back when the NTSB preliminary first appeared, mm-hmm. and the thing that jumped out to me from the preliminary, and I don't know whether it's been corrected yet, but was that they they were only had a hundred feet of vertical separation what was what was expected between these two aircraft when the blips crossed, uh-huh. um, and uh, that struck me as being unusual. Is that is that I mean a hundred feet between? Well. <sighs> No, unusual, unusual. Um, the the 150 was not in radar contact. He was not talking to ATC. Okay. Um, so that's one point we have to keep in mind. Was he on the screen? Apparently. So that's how the, the controller was giving the, the F-16 pilot information on the traffic. Yeah. He was on the screen. It was an unidentified target. Uh, didn't know type, didn't know... Um, uh, I guess they knew altitude because... Um, the controller was telling the F-16 pilot that the air, the target is, is at 1,400 feet or 1,500 feet or something like that. Here's the, here's the, um, um, accident, here's the prelim. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, yeah, the conversation uh, between the controller and the F-16 pilot is, it was to me a little troubling because it, it sounds like the controller was trying to deconflict these two airplanes and it sounded to me, and this like the F sixteen pilot wasn't taking it seriously, or something. Or, I, I I don't disagree with that at all. Um, um, the controller <clears throat> kept saying, "If you don't have this guy in sight, turn now. If you don't have this guy in sight, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what I my rate reading of it was." Mm-hmm. And and he never turned. Um, yeah, at, 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 it's it's a very fairly detailed um, discussion here in this prelim, and it'll be very very interesting to to read what the, uh, the final report has to say. Um, 
but um, clearly the, the, the F-16 was basically level at 1,600 feet being vectored, um, and the 150 departed a nearby airport. Uh, first radar hit on it showed a mode C altitude of 200 feet. It, it climbed, began tracking generally southeast, um, first traffic call was 12 o'clock, two miles, opposite direction um, yeah. at, 12, at 1,200 feet. And obviously by the time uh, this event concluded, uh, they were both co-altitude. Um, right. I, I, I agree with you that the, the F-16 pilot um, uh, perhaps was not uh, fully cognizant of the, the uh, situation of the danger uh, that this target posed. Yeah, yeah. David, you're awful quiet. I'm just listening and learning. <laughs> <laughs> he's t- he did a whole episode all by himself last week, so sure, he's, 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 he's you know he's, he's, he's kicking back today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's uh, yeah. Um, <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's we've got very- we've got some MTRs. Uh, that run up from uh, Air Force bases in Oklahoma uh, that come up here to McConnell Air Force Base and uh, Eisenhower Airport. Every airport in the neighborhood uh, has signs depicting the MTRs and warning pilots about the high-speed, low-altitude potential, uh, particularly the ones training uh, tanker and transport pilots down in the uh, uh, I think is it. I don't remember the name of the Air Force Base. I want to say Tinker in Oklahoma, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, you only have to be headed out of here on a southwest and uh, be up at a nice, comfortably high cruising altitude and watch one of those guys go by. It looks like on the deck below you at a 250, 300 knots for it to stick out in your mind that you probably should have paid more attention to where you were routing yourself before you took off. Yeah. 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 Some interesting art with your uh, GA news story, Jeb. Um, the uh, one that jumps out at me is this, uh, this map of the entire continental United States. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with all these MTRs uh, shown in red. Um, and, uh, you know, although it's a little bit of an optical illusion because of, you know the size of the lines and whatnot, but nevertheless, there's a lot of them in in, in certain parts of the country. They seem to be pretty densely uh, collected. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know now it, yeah. It, think about flying in and out of Florida during sun and fun. Look at the MTRs there uh, coming anywhere from uh, in anywhere from Texas going north or east bound. Well, Northwest bound, it gets even worse. What is it about Kentucky that doesn't have very many MTRs? I don't know. Who's their senator? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's part of it. I would imagine that's, <laughs> that's a factor, I would think. I don't know. You know, and uh, um, I don't think Kentucky has any Air Force bases. Scott Fort Campbell uh, down there in the southwest. Somebody annoyed <clears throat> somebody at some stage of the game, huh? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, well, maybe, interesting maybe Kentucky art, Kentucky yeah, first choice. You know? And uh, you're right. Kentucky's like not, not, none of these red lines. Uh, Iowa's a little sparse, oh, take too. A look at, take a look at Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Talk <laughs> about being free from roar. Yeah. yeah may, maybe Wyoming got first choice and Kentucky got second choice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then you look just north of uh, Wichita and it's like, I don't even want to go in that direction anymore. Yeah. The, you know, the other thing that jumped out to me, Jeb, from your story was the fact that these MTRs can 
be very, very close by regular old GA traffic. I mean, and and in fact, they they can be so low. So so an, an MTR aircraft, if I can call it that, if I read your story correctly, could could be down a thousand feet AGL or fifteen hundred, going three hundred miles an hour. 300 knots or more, actually. The, the speed limit below 10,000 feet, of course, is 250 knots, and that applies uh, to civilian and military aircraft. The, the military training routes exist um, as a um, means, if you will, for military aircraft to um, fly faster than that speed limit would allow mm -hmm. uh, for obvious uh, reasons. Um, they need to practice ingress and egress sure. techniques and maneuvers. Um, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to try to practice that out over the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, so they do it over, uh, yeah. over the Conas. But and, in, in uh, this particular case, this uh, Monk's, Con Con Monks Corner Airport, a.k.a. Berkeley County apparently, mm -hmm. um, has got one of these routes. Well, he's got two of them. One going sort of north south, just to the east of it, and one uh -huh. going sort of northeast south. Uh, correction, northwest southeast. You know, just to the north of it. And yeah, it's the same route. It just turns. It turn. It makes a turn. Yeah, it makes so, a turn. Yeah. So legally, there could be aircraft going 300 knots at 1,500 feet within a mile of a little GA airport. Yeah. Jack. Jack. Yeah. Look at it again. What's Look that? Look at day? it again. That's instrument routes that bottom out at fifteen hundred feet. But yeah. visual routes can go even lower. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now is this stuff notumed? I mean, is how do you? Because yeah, yes, the other thing you pointed out in the story is that these routes can change more frequently than the charts are updated, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, so, the routes can change, um, and. They, there are notums associated with uh, MTRs and, and other military airspace. Uh, how informative and how accurate those notums are, um, I leave to your own. Uh, um, sure, sure. Decision. Do we know was there a, was there a, a relevant notum regarding this F-16? No, nor would there have been. Apparently, it was just on a routine IFR. Uh, training mission and was not doing anything that would require it to exceed 250 knots, for example. I see. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, which, which in and of itself is kind of interesting in that uh, I don't know that I'd want to fly an F-16 at less than 250 knots. Is, you know, things got no visible means of support as far as, <laughs> exactly. as, far as wings are concerned. And, yeah. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm never going to be able to fly an F-16 uh, uh, single or or double seat, so it's not really an issue. But uh, uh, 250 knots would have me kind of freaked out. I'm going too slow. Yeah, I guess. I, I, <laughs> see, I'm a 150 guy, so you know. yeah. But yeah, I, I take your point. I take your point. Well, all all pretty interesting. We'll see how it goes. You never see it coming. So don't expect to be able to get that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they didn't well, see it coming. I'm, if there's any, if there's no, they, any consolation they, here is that these people didn't suffer. I wouldn't imagine. They, yeah, they, uh, it was just the, done. Um, Boom. Yeah, uh, years ago, I remember uh, flying with my father. This was well before I got my private, and we were somewhere over South Georgia, southbound, picking altitude, fairly low, fifteen hundred, two thousand, twenty five hundred feet. Who knows? Uh, and about a quarter mile in front of us, an F-4 Phantom goes left to right, co-altitude. 
and we just kind of looked at each other and said, well, that was interesting. And I uh, said, so yeah, he, and Dad said, yeah, he, he wasn't that close if we'd have hurt him. And, uh, comfort, uh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, but I, I could go look it back up and see if that was an MTR. MTR has changed over time. That's been 30, 40 years. I, I doubt that uh, I could figure out that there was an MTR. But the whole area is, uh, you know, an MOA on, at one altitude or another also. So who knows? Yeah. What, what was going on? Yep, yep. But uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, this is a pretty interesting story. I'm sure we'll talk about it again before it's done. So yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the uh, NTSB investigation. Um, uh, if if the preliminary information holds, it's it it appears that the uh, the F-16 pilot. Um, I won't say caused this or anything, but the F-16 pilot didn't. Was slow to react yeah. to the potential. It sounds that way, but time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, 